Hi, I'm Bethany Albertson, and I'm here with Julia Zari, and uh, I'm at the University of Texas. I'm at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the events of this week, and specifically about what's going on within the Republican Party. So, Bethany, you are a political psychologist, and you have some expertise in elite messaging and its its psychological reception with the public. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's been going on this week? Yeah, I mean, I've been very fascinated by the. Uh, you know, complexities within the Republican Party, the ability of party leaders to steer the party in different directions. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm curious moving forward where the rank and file goes in relation to where the elites are and, and what they say, what these elites say in public. I think the public versus private voting um, on uh, Liz Cheney and Marjorie Taylor Greene exposes a whole lot in terms of how deep the affinity towards Trump is. Um, and so what, what public messages are the Republicans going to give the rank and file and, and to what extent are they going to toe the line? Uh, but, but you study these party dynamics from a more historical, in a more historical or institutional way. And, and so what, what do you think moving forward? So it's, it's hard to say. And I've just written a piece at 538 trying to figure out what Trump's lasting impact on the Republican Party is. And I kind of looked at this through two lenses. And one is the president, the sort of ex-president himself, and the other is the impact of Trumpism. And I think those are two different stories. So I think on the one hand, we have a Republican Party that is clearly kind of oriented around Trump. And that's one of the things I found the most interesting about about the idea of you know, Liz Cheney, the, the threat of her being removed from her leadership position, which as you point out, didn't come to fruition. Um, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene and the public vote to strip her of her committee positions, which very few Republicans voted in favor of. Um, and what's interesting to me about that is that in both cases that sort of, you know, Greene is really a, a Trumpy figure and she really has come up as uh, a national figure to the extent that she is that um, in this in this sort of Trump image. And Cheney's position is, you know, not as a moderate Republican. She's not a moderate Republican. She's very conservative. Um, but as someone who has been a vocal critic of the president, particularly after January 6th. And so it's, it's clear to me that like kind of the cleavage in the Republican Party is Trump related. Um, what will be interesting to me moving forward will be what what that kind of means as Trump either becomes you know a more visible ex-president figure or fades from the scene. And he's he's been, you know, pretty quiet the last couple of weeks since leaving office and you know having been deprived of his platform. His Twitter, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that, that allows the Republican Party a little more freedom in terms of what it means in the same way that the secret or hidden vote on Cheney allowed people to express different preferences. Um, clearly, that vote would have been different had the votes been public. Um, he's not going to be silent or as silent next week, which is a way to transition to 
uh, our thoughts moving into impeachment. What are you looking for next week, Julia? I mean, I mostly am looking for the degree to which some of these Republicans that have have been kind of not of the Trump wing of the party, but were have very clearly reconciled themselves to it. People like Mitch McConnell, um, what they say and whether there's demonstrable loyalty to a president who is now um, who's now left office and kind of whether whether they're successful. Some of some of the Republicans in Congress have tried to to steer the conversation toward is this a constitutional uh, process as opposed to what did the president do? And it'll be interesting to see which frame or narrative wins out. This The idea of kind of which frame or narrative of what's going on was really powerful and important in the Clinton impeachment in the 90s. So, you know, I think that that's um, we have some evidence that that's um, an important factor here. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'll be I'll be very interested to see if if they're able to pull off this cover of, oh, we're not uh, we're, we're not saying that what happened was okay. We're trying we're getting off on this kind of procedural point regarding um, uh, the post presidency impeachment trial. Um, but as a as a as a public opinion political psychology person. I also have to just distinguish between uh, you and I are going to be having lots of interest and attention to this. The mass public and their appetite for news on impeachment, I'm guessing, is much, much, much lower. Yeah, I think that's that's a really important thing to to keep in mind in all of these conversations. I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, we'll see what happens as we're, we're running out of our six minutes here. Yeah, well, lovely to talk to you, Julia. You too. Bye. Bye.